episode 52 of Brewbloods, and we're deep-throating a beer from Sierra Nevada's 2016 beer camp, the Sweet Sunny South Table Beer. And we talk about how to properly dispose of horse jockeys. This is Brewbloods. Drink beer. Think beer. You're listening to Brewbloods. Whoever makes the poor beer is transferred to the dunghill. That's an edict from the 11th century in the city of Danzig. Not a real edict and not a real city. But a real band. Yes, and a real band. And that's the most important thing, is that they were a real band and provided us with gentle ear noises. It's, it's, it's perhaps real. But perhaps. That really can't be verified either. Welcome to episode 52. That's number 52 of Brew Bloods. Wow. Welcome back for another week. We are here again. How have we done so many of these? I don't know. I'm kind of ready to just end it all, maybe. I thought oh, we were supposed geez. to end after last week. I mean, it was supposed to be the end-all, be-all, and yet we find ourselves here in the trenches again. I don't think on... you have to off yourself, Mark, just because you're going to quit a podcast. No, but, you know, it's we're here celebrating Preakness. Also, we're recording in the day of Preakness, and we're celebrating the death of... The bloodbath that the is blood the Preakness. The bloodbath of the Preakness, apparently, this week, that they put down, what, four horses and two jockeys? <laughs> yeah, something like that. And the, the jockeys were like... Yeah, I mean, in this day and age, we... We cannot fix a horse's bones. It was like the I'm but, not dead yet scene from, yeah. It, but they just, they just gently put a blanket over the face <laughs> of a, each jockey and just said, Shh. Yeah, they just, yeah, they caressed their hair, Shh. laid them down gingerly as they're just screaming, why, why are you trying to kill me? Sheep, have you like, but I'm a human. I can live through this. I can heal. And they're like, uh, it's okay. You're at the Preakness. Yep. Yeah, apparently one jockey just, he broke all of his bones or something <laughs> he broke like four bones or something yeah. four bones yeah what a, it's just an absolute it's like the valentine's day massacre <laughs> apparently so. over apparently and wherever the preakness is held because you yes. can tell we're really up on our <laughs> preakness town yeah we're really up on our horse racing but what a bloodbath my, who would have my, expected uh, that my brother who is apparently the degenerate horse race gambler horse race did i say that or <laughs> did I say horse face a generic horse race gambler <laughs> yeah, exactly. he's a de- degenerate in more than one factor of his life <laughs> Not just horse racing. Well, you know, that's true. But uh, he would probably know exactly where it is. Uh, but I, I do not. I just, I, I just go there and occasionally lose a couple of bucks. That's all I do. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't play the ponies very often. I think, uh, I think the last time I played the ponies was about ten years ago when we got a free buffet. I basically don't ever see this guy outside of the uh, outside of the podcast. You can't get him out of his room. So yeah, he tries to drag me go, out. He yeah. doesn't go do anything. I only stay in the room in which we're currently recording. <laughs> I never leave the room. Which is going to be weird because we're about to move the podcast studio to my house, and we'll see if it's just going to be me and him over the uh, over the phone or something like that. Oh, I'm totally going to be when I'm forced to move out and an, an angered possum just be like, <laughs> <laughs> just totally freaking out. I, I I might I might scratch your eyes out. He's gonna be and, digging his like just digging his fingers into the yard. You're just gonna see these streaks as it's getting pulled out of there. <laughs> yeah, you might you might have a few lacerations. <laughs> you might have to put me down too. Just well, yeah, we probably will have to euthanize him a couple times. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> the first time, as we've learned from horror movies, never succeeds. Right. You always have to double tap or It'll triple still tap. Still be the shh and pet in your head, you know. <laughs> but I'm ready to podcast. <laughs> shh. <laughs> just lay back, Mark. Just lay back. Okay, so look at this guy, Mark. <laughs> we have uh, just enough time for a quick recap of the news. Uh, we have stolen. Uh, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, we have uh, our old listener Nikki Bai. <laughs> Nikki Bai sent us a uh, a story about an update to Flying Dog. Now we talked about uh, in previous we talked about the sexism of the beer industry. And did you talk about that? Because I don't listen to when you talk. Uh, I talked about it. I talked. At, I, don't, I don't really remember. I it. talked at you. Oh, okay. There we go. Yeah, you just kind of stared at me, and that's the usual. Kind of touched yourself down below, but no. you know that's that's 
that's also that's standard. your own fetish. Yeah, you just you like drooling and touching yourself at the same time in your front bottom. <laughs> while, so while hearing about beer news, <laughs> exactly, it's a weird erotic play that we put on every week in this room. <laughs> but uh, First Amendment, they were a part of our uh, sexism beer industry uh, segment that we had, and back six years ago, the Liquor Commission, the Michigan, I barely know her, the Michigan. <laughs> The Michigan Liquor Control Commission uh, basically told Flying Dog, because of their Raging Bitch beer, that they had violated Michigan laws. And they specifically said that the brewery... uh, Where was it? Uh Uh-oh. Someone's lost. Yeah, they said... They declared that our speech... This is according to Flying Dog... In the form of the name of Raging Bitch and accompanying label imagery and text by renowned artist... I don't want to include all this. Endangered public safety and was harmful to any adult who might read the beer's name on a restaurant menu. So are really, yeah. And, but conversely, six years later, they did win the, the suit that said they were, they, their whole suit hinged on a first amendment freedom of speech violation. And they won that. But how does that violate the public safety? We don't, that's live what in, I was going to say. That doesn't, doesn't make a whole lot of say, sense. We don't live in Tehran yeah. or somewhere where we have such strict religious convictions that you see the word bitch and someone flies into a violent knife rage. <laughs> yeah, I, I would venture to say that Iran wouldn't even be... Well, they don't allow any alcohol, so they couldn't... They yeah, wouldn't that's what I'm that. saying. But, but, yeah, I, um, I'm yeah. saying a strict... We don't live in any place with such a strict right, right. moral code. We're not Oklahoma. <laughs> we don't, I mean, we live in sensible states, unlike the state of Oklahoma, where you know oh. we have a... a now, if it was in Florida, that may happen. You know how the Floridians are. Uh, no, but Oklahoma has been the latest. Oklahoma wouldn't allow it to happen. Yeah. They would allow it to happen in Florida, and then that's a true. bunch of women would get killed. That's right, how Florida that's true. is. Yes. Probably eaten by crocodiles. Yes, course. exactly. Yep. But yeah, they won, they won their lawsuit, and uh, they are now, as a result, establishing basically a sort of uh, society or an agency to protect and promote First Amendment rights. And protect. And protect. Yeah, they are, it's called the First Amendment... Amendment oh, struggling. <laughs> First Amendment Society. Do you need, do you need and a reset? they will establish a scholarship for the this University is, of Maryland. This is episode 52 of Brew Bloods. The uh, Philip Merrill's <laughs> College of Journalism. And they will hold, with those funds, a series of lectures on banned books. That will kick off with Garrett... Interesting. Epps. Yeah. So, anyways, they it's an interesting turn in the beer industry. I mean, we're at such a... We're not at at peak beer no. uh, influence, not and at all. it's interesting to see how it's. For so many years, it was just, uh, do you want a Pabst or a Bud Light or a, a, a Schmitz or whatever, a Schlitz, not Schmitz, Schlitz, a Schlitz, yeah. And then now we are maybe a Coors, and maybe a Coors, and Which now we're making at such. Some time we will review. Uh, don't tease that. Don't tease ahead. <laughs> we've we've teased that enough times. Let's stop teasing. Just gonna keep teasing it ahead. So uh, another point, another interesting. This was submitted to us by. Supposed listener Crystal F, Crystal F, and uh, she submitted a story to us about how probably not a real listener, probably not one of the significant problems we have with, especially with uh, a lot of people are going to, have gone to cans because they're you know they're more portable, uh, easier to toss. Would you cooler. like that in the can? Like what? Would you like that beer in the can, or would you just take it out here? Which beer are you talking about? Like the beer you have over there? Would you like it in the can? I don't know. I haven't had it yet. We'll find out at the end of the show. <laughs> Never mind. I don't know what you're talking about right now. I don't understand your your jokes. Come on, man. You don't know European vacation humor? I don't remember that because it was the worst vacation movie. <laughs> the stewardess comes out and asks Clark if, she, if he wants the beer in the can, and he says, no, I'll take it up my seat. 
That's a funny joke. That's a funny one. But go ahead. I'm just throwing the humor down on you today, okay? So anyways, back to news. I'm a serious journalist over here. So there was a company... You have your Cronkite mustache on. It's a. It's called Saltwater Brewery. And they basically created... They took the leftover uh, mash stuff. <laughs> the pulp that was, comes out of that making beer. That sounds very official. I know, it's very technical. Very technical. But uh, they, they took leftover wheat and barley and they turned that into bio, biodegradable or edible uh, biodegradable uh, six-pack rings. So Biodegradable actually makes sense. That's a nice new term you coined. I did. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and patent that. Yep. Put a nice TM go on Go to patent.com real quick. All rights reserved. Yeah. Can I do that as easily as hover.com with my domains? <laughs> yes. But yeah, they're apparently it, they are as strong as the plastic six rings, but they will degrade quickly, and that will stop getting you know turtles from getting a six pack ring in their shell, and uh, birds from choking to death. So can you drink all the beer and then just eat the six pack ring? I mean, possibly if you're really hungry for a snack, I guess it's possible. Oh, okay. So right now they've created only a few hundred of, of of the holders for prototypes, and they're hoping that they will be able to uh, up their production here shortly to four hundred thousand rings every month. So. That is, uh, I want to see that happen because that is a significant problem in, a, in the environment that uh, it's frequently choking out birds and, uh, you know, giving turtle squeeze to their shells. To get at the, least cut up your six-pack rings, guys. Yeah, you can at least do that. Yes, yeah. absolutely. So this is a great advancement. Uh, yeah. This is a great advancement of uh, beer impacting society, and hopefully we don't have any more uh, six-pack turtle shell. I feel like a lot of the craft beers actually come in the four-packs, though. I don't know if you've noticed that as yeah, well. Yeah, like, with the a, whole the whole can holder on top. It's not even like the old school like Coca Cola six packs with the plastic rings anymore. It's yeah, like, yeah, but you still see them occasionally. Occasionally, yeah. I just I feel like they come like that more often nowadays. And I wonder if that's just going to ease the production costs for breweries too. I guess it depends how much these six pack six pack rings cost. <laughs> but yeah. I would imagine those larger four can holders probably cost more than a, a cheap plastic ring. Yeah, they might. Yeah. So, anyways. I don't really know plastic costs and, uh, you know, production of rings. So. Uh, we're professors of stuff. I can't really speak to that. We're not professors of plastic. I can barely speak to beer, much less that. So let's get to our beer this week. Uh, <laughs> Transition in. We're, well, we're not, we're not talking about plastics. We're not experts. We're <laughs> professors of... I agree. Let's get to what yeah. we actually kind of know. So we are taking on this week the Sierra Nevada Beer Camp, which is a collaboration that they do. I think they did it 2014. Last year, they came out with a beer that was just called Beer Camp. And then, again, they, which was a tropical IPA, I think. And then in 2016, they did the Beer Camp again, which is where they did. A, they went all across the United States. They uh, got out the Jeep Wagoneer. <laughs> and uh, they went and did collaborations with many breweries across the state. And this time, rather than just doing a collaboration with one brewery, which I believe they did in 2014, if I remember right, in each of the areas, the regions in which they brewed, they did roughly five to six breweries per region. So we are not going to do all six beers. We are going to do one specific beer. That would be a bit much, probably. And that beer is the Sweet Sunny South Southern Table Beer. So after this, we'll get to that beer. There are a lot of beer terms out there to describe a style or format, but one we don't often hear about in the United States is a, quote, table beer. You've probably heard of table wine if you've been to an Italian or French restaurant, and table beer isn't that different. 
The European term for table beer is Tuffel beer, which is Dutch in origin but Belgian in tradition, where beer reigns supreme over wine. Table beers were so prevalent in Belgium that at one point, table beer was served to children more often than milk, though that started to decline with the rise of bottled water and soft drinks in Europe starting in the 1970s. Table beers aren't that different from session beers. They seek a strong flavor without ruining your palate, and they're low in ABV, typically 3% or less. They often fall to between 1% and 2%, whereas session beers in the United States are typically 4.5% or less. Table beer can vary wildly in color from pale to dark, and it should be light-bodied and slightly sweet, and perhaps a bit spicy without being overpowering. Bitterness from hops is always low. The goal with these beers is that you'll be able to drink as much as you want to enjoy the beer flavor, but not end up plastered on the bathroom floor, suffering from blood eye. So, apparently... 2014 was not the first year for Sierra Nevada Beer Camp. That was the first year we had seen it. No, well, the first year you'd seen it. The first, the first year you had seen it as Fished. well. The first. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But they did it all the way back to 2011. They did apparently so, and uh, we just now got it uh, two years ago. So yes, that what, is true. What year was this? And then last year, I don't, I don't know that they did it last year. Didn't they just have one beer that was called Beer Camp last year? Uh, they, yeah, they did a Beer Camp beer last year. It was a hoppy lager. Okay. Um, but they So they did do one in 2015. Which is extremely confusing. Yeah. Just call it, give it some other name, say a product of Beer Camp. Or a lot of times, like though, or at least a couple of times that I've seen them do this, they have the Beer Camp in the box with all the collaborations, and then they do one like standalone bomber on, in addition to that. I don't know if they did that this year, um, but I know that they did that in 2014. And this year, so back in 2014, they did 12 brewers, and this year they did 31 brewers. So quite the jump from their original count. But less overall different beers this time. Yeah, true. They have... The, the first time in 2014, it was individual. All of them were individual beers from individual breweries. Yeah, and this time it's... It was 24 um, of them. It's six different beers, yeah. and you get two in each uh, box. Although, from what I understand, apparently Costco is selling their own 24-pack of these same beers. So you can get If you find one, if you really like it, you can go get, go get a giant pack from a, a, a pallet full of beer camp from Costco. <laughs> Welcome to Costco. I love you. But in this beer it. camp uh, this year, they have the the one we're talking about today, the Sweet Sunny South Southern Table Beer. No way. They have the that's in the south the southeast and the Pacific Northwest and Rockies. They have the Moxie Moron Imperial Session IPA in Northern California. They have the West Latitude Session Rye with hibiscus. Imperial Session IPA seems so contradictory. Uh, I I know I'm so confused based by on term. terms that I know, but we're not going to investigate that. Okay. The in the Northeast they had the Pat Riot. Heyo, Revolutionary <laughs> Pale Ale. And in the Southwest, they had the Stout of the Union Robust Stout. Did you mention all of them? That's all six. Where was the Family Values? Oh, you're right. I left out the Family Values Brown Ale. Yep. There you go. Yeah. I, that was a, that's an Imperial Brown Ale with uh, cocoa. Now, now, that's the one I actually wanted to review. Mark said we've reviewed too many chocolates. Let's do we've something else. We've done a lot of chocolate so beers said, in the okay, show. That's fine. And we've let's done do brown ales. Else. Yes, let's mix it up a little bit. But you love brown ales. I do. I, but I do that for you, buddy. I do, but we are beer scientists, All right. and we should be experimenting with our own mouth faces. All right, fine. So we We're need doing to, this one then. We have to stick some other chemicals in our beer holes and see what comes out the other end. We'll see how it goes. So uh, You can you, see how it comes out the other end if you'd like. 
the uh, top beers. We can't obviously. They did. They this collaboration was with uh, Austin Beer Works, which we've talked about before. Bayou Tesh, Creature Comforts, Funky Buddha, and Wicked Weed. Now we're not going to go through all the top beers for all those breweries, and we're not going to go through the. Uh, the brewery, brewery information, the brewery for, for all those breweries. That's if you'd like to hear an in-depth review of Austin Beer Works and their background, you can go and listen to the uh, episode about three episodes ago. Yes, um, where we already indicated that they really don't have anything about themselves online, and we'll we'll probably tackle these other breweries here uh, at some other points. So we're mostly focusing on Sierra Nevada. Well, maybe they, not because I don't know if we even get these. Uh, well, some of them we do. Some we do get Biotech, and we get Wicked Weed. We don't get. Uh, I was saying, do we? Oh, we do get Bayou Tesh. Okay, yeah, Creature Comforts. Get, I don't remember, and we don't get Funky Buddha either. But well, okay. I'm sure we'll do some of them at some point down the line. But for now, we're mostly focusing on Sierra Nevada. This is their baby. This is their project. They're the instigators. So obviously, we talked about back in episode 37. We talked about the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, which is a classic. In classic, a classic, bro. Uh, other highly rated ones: the Torpedo Extra IPA, the Celebration, the Bigfoot, the uh, Classic most, Stout. Most of these you've not had, right? Uh, I've had the torpedo. I've had the celebration. I've had the Bigfoots. I've not. You had have the, had the celebration. Yeah, I have. Uh, some of them I haven't. Uh, like the Hefeweizen, the Harvest Fresh Hop IPA, the Narwhal, one of my favorites, the Imperial Stouts. But they've got a lot of highly rated beers out there, and they're stalwart in the craft beer industry. So the Southern and Norm- Northern Hemispheres are both pretty good. I have not had those either. Okay, well, they're both pretty good. So I guess once again, let's find out all about Sierra Nevada Brewing. <laughs> Sierra Nevada is one of the largest and most well-known craft brewers in the U.S. today. The father of this successful brewery is Ken Grossman, a man who's been interested in brewing since 1970. Brought to Chico from Southern California due to his interest in Cal State, Ken fell for the small Northern California town and decided to stay. His first venture into the craft beer world involved running a homebrew shop, simply called The Homebrew Shop, in downtown Chico. This opened in 1976. Here, he expanded his brewing knowledge and began to gain a following. He went so far as to venture all the way to Yakima, Washington, in search of good quality, whole cone hops, as these were not readily available in Chico at the time. A few short years later, in 1979, Ken broke ground on what would become Sierra Nevada's first, and still their primary, location. Launching with an American stout, Ken was determined to create a consistent, balanced, hop-forward beer. By the end of 1980, the iconic Sierra Nevada Pale Ale was born. Sierra Nevada, named for Ken's favorite nearby hiking grounds, has since grown from a 100,000 barrel brew house in 1987 to an 800,000 barrel brewing capacity today. It has also expanded across the U.S. in 2015, opening a second location in Mills River, North Carolina. It is also one of the most eco-friendly breweries in the country, featuring both a solar array capable of over 1.5 megawatts of electricity and four 250 kilowatt hydrogen fuel cells. When it comes to table beer, there's not, as you heard just in the education segment, there's not a lot, there's not a broad, or I, I'm well, sorry. We just went pre- over the brewery right there. The education segment was earlier. I know. I said, as you heard earlier. Well, you not, said that you just heard, like we just came out of break. Right, of whatever. It. Formatics. Yeah. There's not a precise definition of a table beer other than that it's low ABV. So I, I just it, think of it as beers that you put on the table. So when it comes to a BJCP definition, it's hard to say, but because it's of Belgian origin, I'm just going to go with Belgian pale ale. And the overall impression of a Belgian pale ale... Reddit is is going to rip you apart for this. That's fine. They can rip me a new one. I could use a second asshole. (laughs) Uh, It's a fruity, moderately malty, somewhat spicy, easy-drinking, copper-colored ale. It should be uh, a prominent aroma of malt with moderate fruit character, low-hop aroma, toasty, biscuity malt aroma... May have an orange or pear-like fruitiness. Uh, obviously, said amber, copper in color, light, 
And that's really the consistency there. And uh, so I don't know where to put this beer. There's not really, again, we don't really Just know how to slot this hole. one. But It'll be fine. I'm going to have to put it in my beer hole. Now, yeah. what are you expecting for this beer? Since we've never had a table beer in our lives. Well, I'm expecting it to be pretty tasty, even though... Um, you know, if you actually look it up and look at it on rate beer to give you a little clarity on it, uh, they actually put it in the Saison category. Um, so you know how Saisons are, uh, they're very hit or miss for at least, I, I believe we, we're in agreement on that. Yeah. Some of them can be pretty good. Some of them can be pretty crazy. Um, they're, they're usually kind of wildish, kind of fruity, kind of flowery. Um, and this one gets a pretty high rating in style and overall. So I mean, 95 overall, 92 in style. That's pretty solid. So I'm hoping this is going to be one of those saisons that we're actually going to be very pleasantly surprised by. Yeah, it gets 80, 87 overall at Beer Advocate, 3.7 on Untapped. So any kind of an interesting mix of ratings there that, uh, you know, you get a somewhat moderate score from Beer Advocate, you get a higher rating from Bright Beer, and then, again, a more moderate score on Untapped. Although if you're over 3.5, you're doing pretty good. Oh, sure. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm expecting a terrible beer. but yeah, yeah. Now, my expectations is, since, since it's called a Sweet Sunny South, I'm expecting a little Dixie on this. <laughs> I wish I was I'm expecting this is the, next- the Southern Beer Podcast lately. Yeah, no kidding. We're, we're totally going Southern on this. I'm expecting to be able to wear my, uh, you know, my light summer suits. I'm going to put on uh, my fancy white mustache. You're going to wear your Confederate grays? going to wear my Confederate grays and celebrate <laughs> the South. The South will rise again. <laughs> First make, drink a mint julep and then drink this. Just going just gonna to bathe in the mint julep. To go on to a sweet tea? Go on, just finish it out with a nice sweet tea with a little bit of sweet tea Eddie vodka in that. Have some biscuits? Perhaps have some biscuits. Perhaps a nice toasted Texas this, toast in that. This is more Georgia South. Well, I overlook... My plantation, upon which there are no other indentured servants at this point, because I pay everybody a full wage. I do think there's some confusion about the South, where they lump Texas in with Georgia, Alabama, well, Mississippi. It's a little different here than it is there. We're all in the South, but they have a different Southern culture. They do. We're not. We're not really Southwest. We are not yeah. really uh, because Southwest is more. We certainly have a strong. Hispanic influence here. Uh, oh, yeah. More no- notably, Mexico. Mexico is a uh, yeah, direct influence in Texas, because of, which is not the case in other southern states. It's not the case in the Southwest. In Arizona, there's a there's a uh, there's a Hispanic influence, sure. but it seems like New Mexico and Arizona share of a different flavor of well, that. If Sandy Annie, who we mentioned last week, had just chilled a little bit, yeah, Texas would have stayed Mexico. If he hadn't been all over the teens, then yeah. and then uh, they would have just rolled with it. They yeah, didn't want it. Yeah, they yeah. didn't want to fight. They didn't want to leave. Right. And we're not we're not quite uh, the southeast of Alabama, right. Mississippi, and uh, Georgia or Florida. We're not the Reconstruction South either. And so people say we're not in the South, but we are in the South. We are we are below the Mason Dixon. We were part of this. We obviously were a part of the Confederacy. So we're we're Southern. But plantations, but, mint juleps, and all that mint stuff. That's, plantation. a little, that's a little east of here. We're just gonna kill a jockey here or two just for sport. <laughs> that's not us. No, no, no. Uh, we're a little bit different. We're a little bit of uh, an island unto we ourselves. We wrote Broncos. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so we're a little bit different, but this is what I'm expecting. Is so you're going to call it the sweet sunny South? It better have the, the yes. taste of the full reconstruction behind it. <laughs> I would agree, and well, they definitely they definitely picked a nice swath of the South to collaborate yeah, with for this. It, it better just like just like reconstruction South. It better have a bitter end to it. <laughs> oh, hey, heyo. So aroma, aroma, man, that's Belgiany. 
Quite so. Just and right off the bat, Belgian. You're noted anti-Belgian, both in uh, human form and beer. And waffle form. I don't like any of it. You're not a Belgian waffle fan? It's all right. I don't what like, is wrong with you? I don't like sweet breakfasts. <sighs> Dude. It's not, not my thing. Belgian waffles, the best. They got little pockets for buttery, ice creamy goodness in there. I mean, I'll take your word for it. Like Are you more of just... So you're, let me get this right. We might have to end the show after this. You're more of a pancake fan to where things just slide off the flat surface? No, I don't like any of that stuff for you, breakfast. Wait, you don't like pancakes either? No. I will take toast, artisan or non. I will take eggs and bacon. What is wrong I will take with you? sausage. I will take a nice hash brown. Pastries, not, not a fan. Not a, pa- not a pastry fan. It's not my thing. I, I don't even know who my podcasting partner is anymore. <laughs> Donuts don't prefer it. Not a donut fan. It's a, they're okay, but they're they're the one I like the most out of those options. I don't, but I prefer like some bacon on the donut to kind so of counter out the sweetness. I would, I would guess you're probably a kolache fan because it's a mix a mix of the pastry and the the uh, salty meats. I love kolaches. Yes, ooh, kolaches is, are great. This is where we disagree because I think kolaches are highly overrated. Oh man, kolaches are probably one of the most overrated breakfast. Items of all time. There are places that have overrated kolaches. I'll give you that. They're, but, they're, but kolaches are great. And some of them reside in West Coma, Texas. Yes. In which they are supposedly uh, famous for that. Uh, uh, one of the more overrated uh, yeah. items I've had in my life. Let's not kick someone while they're down, Mark. Are they down? Uh, they did have a large explosion. That was like five years ago. And they just found out it was intentional. Let's ignore that. <laughs> I'm not... Look, they didn't blow up the kolache stand. <laughs> That's true. They did. I'm not knocking the people. I'm knocking the uh, breakfast uh, confection yes. known as a kolache. Now, could they make it better? Of course. Give me some of that farm-raised, uh, natural-grown bison or beef sausage in there. Knock it in a nice pastry. Add some butter to that bitch. And then we'll talk about it. Butter. Butter is... We agree on butter. Look, butter. Butter is excellent. Butter is awesome. Yes. I think, in fact, we could add make some real butter beer like in Harry Potter land. And let's uh, let's try that. and Kick it up a notch. Let's see how they do in... Uh Harry Potter land out in Florida and see if the butter beer tastes buttery. Let's Paula Dean that bitch and butter it up. (laughs) Let's go go ahead and have an expense report, file that, that we're going to go to Florida and we're going to try out the butter beer at Harry Potter World. I can't believe you don't like the waffle. That is completely insane. Not a fan. Man, little pockets to to contain the goodness. But we're not here to talk about waffles. It's really not a waffle cast. This is not breakfast cast. That's our. That's the next podcast we're starting. This is breakfast. <laughs> That'll be another breakout media edition. <laughs> exactly. No, we're here to talk about this uh, table beer here now in the Man. reconstruction south. It's pretty earthy smelling, actually. It's, it's got a little fruit though, too. It smells like the bitterness and the resentment of my ancestors. Now, do you have? Do you smell any sweet peaches in there? Well, I was going to say, from appearance wise, it reminds me of a peach. It looks. It has slight tones, slight hues of a Georgia peach. Yes. Uh. Smell wise, I actually get a little bit, a little bit of peach on that. Yeah, but I think you have to know it's there. Like I don't think if you just took a whiff of that and didn't know it was peach, you'd be like, "Man, I smell some peach." I, I don't think, know. I think now that you know, then you're you're looking for it and you can tell. Well, as we all know, knowing is half the battle. But yes. I think I Plus, might. It would be impossible to know that at this point. I think I might detect a a, a faint whiff of uh, peach Fanta. Yeah, maybe so. Peach is so I don't know of the. Odor producing citrus and fruits and things like that. It's generic. Like, it's like one of the lower end. Uh, like it's not as strong as a lot of them. I'll put no, it it's that not way. a strong, strong flavor, not a strong smell. Exactly, not a strong smell. Uh, now, but the look is very nice. Actually. Yeah, yeah, I really like the. This is a different uh, hue than we've seen in a lot of beers because it's got a little bit. It's it's goldeny and it's unfiltered. It's got a lot of carbonation, but it does have a slight peach like hue to it. If you put it in the right light, that is. Yeah. And, you know, you have one bulb working. Oh, you got two bulbs working. Look at that. We are fancy. Man, it's it's upgraded. 
Uh, now the head on it, a uh, lot of lacing. Not a lot of moderate lacing on this glass. Very moderate. Uh, head retention is is uh, it's good. It's not uh, it when you first pour. It's quite uh, chunky, and then it recedes to a nice uh, almost pilsner like head. Yes. Now they do use pilsner wheat in this, and this is why I had problems classifying this beer because they used both a wheat malt and a pilsner malt in this, which was why I couldn't really nail this down. But it does look somewhat pilsner like. Yeah, it does, and it, it's got a pilsner quality to it. And I'm, I know it's Belgian-y, but it also has kind of a pilsner quality in the aroma. Like if you pour just a generic pilsner, I don't know the last time you've had that, but uh, I think the last time I had one that I really noted was probably from the last beer camp, uh, 2014. Yeah, not a, I don't seek out pilsners ever. So. Yeah, it's just not. I mean, I'll drink them sometimes, but it's not. Yeah, not a style I go for. I'll drink it as a beer of last resort in a lot of cases. Like you're out at uh, Lone Star betting on some jockeys that are about to get blasted in the face. <laughs> and, you know, then that's pretty much all they have a lot of times is some cheap-ass Pilsner. So. Well, they do have deep LMIPA out there. So. Ooh, getting fancy. Hey, better than a cheap Pilsner. Now, lastly, the most important factor, the one that uh, reigns supreme is well, taste, of course. I was going to note that also that? Nope. Beer Advocate also calls it a Saison. All right, well, you know what? Slash Farmhouse Ale. So I, we'll assume it's more in the Saison category, but we'll assume. Whatever. We're but not going to go back and look it up again. But point. you know what it what assume means? It makes an ass out of you and you. <laughs> jokes. Rejokes. Hmm. Hmm. Trying to process this for a moment. <laughs> is your is the loading bar stuck? <laughs> it is. is, the, is it's, the wheel is spinning? The wheel of death is spinning? Well, I think, like, you know, it's like if I typed the word... Hello, and then what actually appeared on the Hello. screen was like, "Go f yourself" or something. Like it's <laughs> what the intro, like what I was expecting from the description, and that actually hit my tongue as the input is so different. Like I don't understand. Well, what do you mean? Uh, what happened here? Explain it in terms that people can actually understand. Uh, that's what I was going to get to. I'm just saying I, I, I'm having a hard time processing because a hard time. Uh, yes, exactly. Because the taste is so different than I expected. What I expected was light, honey sweet peachy, as it's described. Um, Did you expect grits, as the official description says? I, I, maybe. I mean, I would expect that maybe a corn flavor to be in there if you're going to work that in. Which, which by which the is way, weird. By the way, we didn't read the official description, which was the South holds strong to its traditional flavors: tea, honey sweet peaches, and corn grits. So we looked at those culinary cues for the Southern inspired table beer with a golden grainy malt body and. Reading our hard and complex tangy finish from the fruit, tea, and herbs, Sweet Sunny South is perfect for sultry summer sipping. A lot of alliteration in that yes. paragraph. Tangy finish, fruit, tea, herbs, peachy. That's all the descriptions, right? Right. I don't get hardly any of that. What beer are you at drinking? All out of this one. That's exactly what I get out of no, this beer. No, I don't get anything out of this. Do it, you have a tongue? To me, this tastes you like don't, a you standard. Don't have, you don't have a tongue. This tastes like a standard Pilsner. Did you put out? No, you're insane. You're absolutely. Did you put a cigarette out on your tongue? Would you like to try this? Would you like to swap? All right, let's let's do a let's do a body swap. All right, try that out. See if you get the same flavor palette you did. Smells the same. Tastes the same to me. Okay, I don't taste any of that stuff in there. To me, it's it tastes very very standard with not not much standard? flair at all. I think you're insane. I I tell you what, I get out of this. I get tea. I get honey sweet peaches. I don't get so much the grits. Maybe unsweet tea. 
Yeah. Maybe I'll get that a little bit. I get here. a little green tea on that. Yeah. Uh, I don't get grits. I guess if you're, unless you're trying to apply some sort of multi flavor, I guess maybe that. Honey I, sweet peaches? You taste that? Well, not like not like I'm drinking a, a Fanta peach, but but it tastes like it does taste like a nice easygoing uh, peach tea to me. Not not so much Man, as a regular peach tea. It's not near as sweet as I would have thought. Called sweet sunny south. Honey sweet peaches in the description. It, but for a beer, I think it's super sweet. It's no. no it's no chocolate beer. It's not it's not the sweetest of beers I've ever had. It's but it but for for a Pilsner malt, for a wheat beer, I mean it lands it's it has a fat bottom that lands firmly somewhere in the weedy category. I think you're insane. We're just gonna have to totally disagree on this one. You have no tongue. Your tongue is really weird. No, my There's tongue something that- going on. You're, you're not tasting all the earthy tones and all the uh, oh, I taste the earthy tones that, I, that are there. Of course, I taste it, but to say it's that just are like in totally line, over. No, they're totally no, over. No, no, just overshadowing no, the other stuff completely. No, never, except no, for the unsweet no, tea taste. No, never. There's no. There's no, barely any fruit taste no, there at all. Barely any fruit. How many times have we sat here and watched as our lackeys have curb stomped a fruit loons character? We've poured their blood into our goblets. We've laughed maniacally and we've tasted their blood and rejoiced. And then I know, and that tasted sweet and fruitful. Yeah, this does not taste like. How does your tongue not translate the the fruit, the blood of fruit looms to this? Because they're very similar. I totally, totally disagree. I'll tell you what I had before this. I had just a nice southern green tea before the show, and it tastes not so far from this. I I don't. I think the uh, half quart of Jameson you drank tainted your taste buds and made this taste sweeter because that's so harsh and different. But that was so. That was only half a quart. That doesn't let's, affect my taste buds that much. Well, let's let's put this in perspective, though. So you had that before this. I had a monster before this. That may have something to do with our different our different tastings of these things, because obviously a monster is going to be sweeter than the than this would be in a beer form. I mean, it's entirely possible, but that's so, your, that's your fault for drinking something that could. Uh, but you're also getting the other stuff that's coming out so much because you drank something so harsh. Yeah, and I'm beforehand. Getting, yeah, exactly. So yeah, I think we're probably both messed up. And, no, we're not messed up. I'm right, and you're wrong. No, you're totally it's fine. Wrong. You're you have no idea what you're tasting. You're totally wrong. I think you're. We're gonna have to go put you back in programming and get you reprogrammed in your brain, your beer brain, because you don't know what you're talking about. This beer is totally. I think, just, I think you're just so used to stuff that's so harsh that it has the, the slightest sweetness. Then you're gonna have it. You're just gonna overblow it completely. Look, maybe my tongue is an abuse victim, and you show it. A, you give it a little hug, and it becomes quite attached to I you. I think that is what it is, and you get some sort of weird Stockholm syndrome in your tongue, perhaps. But I tell you what, I what I do taste. I taste some nice peachy, Tice. fruity tastes. <laughs> I taste. We are drinking sweet Southern South. You got to have the Southern just, dialect. Just bring it in a little taste bit. A, taste yeah. a little bit of that. I, I taste the tang. <laughs> I taste the fruity flavors. I taste the herbs or the herbs, as they should be called. Yeah. I think it's a nice, light, refreshing beer. And as I sit here looking over, look at my plantation. I tell you what, I would drink this again. Now, all that to say, I'm still drinking it. It's just oh, that, what, it just a, what, what a resounding review. I'm still drinking it. Well, it's not like a toilet beer like we've had before. Oh, for so sure. you're, but you're thinking it's almost a dump? No, I'm saying it's not that. It's definitely not that level for sure. I definitely, um, I definitely I get, taste the tea. I get the after. I get like an unsweet tea taste, and I get like a little light, maybe kind of middle of the tongue, a little light sweet peach flavor, just a touch. I just wanted that to be more prominent. I guess it was my main thing. You wanted more tea? I wanted more sweet peach, like sweet peach flavor. It's it's, it's sweet. It's sweet, sunny south, so I expected sweet to be dominant more than earthy. So you want and earthy is more dominant. <sighs> okay, well, and for me, that's not what I expected. So that's why it threw me off when I'm first drinking it. 
Well, what you're tasting there is the soil of the reconstruction south. So I don't, uh, probably I mean, so. It's part of that. It's it's the sweet south. They put little little pieces of reconstruction little, in each bottle. Little pieces of uh, Confederate uniform in every bottle. I, I really don't. I, I think we're drinking. I think we have two completely different tongues, and I think yeah. you. I think you need to reset your tongue. Because <laughs> I taste. I taste tea. I taste peach. I taste herbs and herbs. I don't know. I don't know what else you want from this beer. I really like this beer. I think it's good. I would drink this again. You know what? As a matter of fact, I'm going to take yours from your box, from your beer can box when you get one. <laughs> Will you? Okay. Yeah, because this is a damn good beer. Well, when I get my beer can box, I'm just going to open these and just smash them on the ground and video it for you just so you can't take them. You know what? And then I'm going to go full jockey in your ass. <laughs> I'm just going to sing sing a, you know, a lullaby to you. I'm going to put a blanket over your face. And then that... <laughs> have a really quiet gunshot. <laughs> Maybe I'm using a silencer. <laughs> I'm using a silencer, and then I'll cock it again, and I'll I'll pull the silencer off and do that. Okay. And don't that worry. Great. I will take a horse down with you. I will break all of its bones, and I'll break all your bones, or at least four of your bones. And then I'll uh, make. And then I'll laugh maniacally. That's probably true. That's because you don't like this beer. That's what's going to happen at the end of the show. Man, you seem very defensive of a beer that you didn't have a hand in creating. That you're going to murder someone over it. Eh, well, I like something, I like something, and I have to, I have to go full force. I have to go all in, as as it were, to put it in poker terms. All right, so ratings, ratings, ratings. You want to go first? Yeah, I think you know my rating. I like this beer a lot. It's not. I don't my, know what it is for sure. Well, you don't know my official rating, but exactly. I'll tell you this: you know I like the beer. I think it. I really think it hits all the marks. It's not my favorite beer in the world, uh, but I tell you this: if it was regularly available, I would probably pick up a sixer here and there. Uh, as long as it had a biodegradable six-pack ring on it. That's a lie, because that would mean you had to go out of the house. Well, that's true. Okay, I would have <laughs> I would have uh, my wife person buy me a sixer <laughs> there for you me. Go. But uh, I think it's a damn good beer. I think it achieves every goal that it's trying to meet, and uh, I think it's very successful. And it's a session beer, which is nice. And it has, for a session beer, it has a lot of flavor to it. And I taste the herbs and herbs. I taste the tea. I taste the peaches. And I think it's a damn fine example of a, of a collaboration, and it's a nice collaboration at that. I give this beer a firm smack in the bottom of a four out of five. Now, I think this beer has elements, the more I've drank it, of everything that they, they claim to have. Um, there's, some, there's a little bit of sweet peach there. There's a little bit of... Uh, there's definitely some unsweet tea taste to it. Um, there's some herbs there, for sure. Uh, I think that the earthy tone is a little too high. Um, I think that that but that's your, kind of that, overwhelms. That, that is your prejudice against hey, Belgians. This is my review. This I don't care. My, this is my rating. All right. So from that standpoint, I hoped it would be a little bit more balanced than it was, but I, I feel like that overtakes it a little too much. I wish it was sweeter. Just again, for the name Sweet Sunny South, I would think not not like milk chocolatey sweet level, but I would think like... More like a sweet peach tea but level want, that would come out more. So you want it sweet like a Southern Belle. Not yeah, the, exactly. Not the, not the bitterness of Reconstruction South. Right, exactly. I want that to be more prominent based on the description. That being said, is it is it a horrible beer? It's not horrible for sure. Uh, I definitely had worse in, in the Belgian category. Uh, it's, and that even has more of a taint on it than I than I mean. It's not It's not bad. It just wasn't what I expected after I settled in with it a little bit, I think it's it's not a bad beer. I just, again, I think for the description and what I expected, it wasn't as sweet as I'd hoped. So for that reason, I feel like it's a little bit slanted. 
Uh, or it, it doesn't hold up quite to its description, in my opinion. So for that, I have to give it uh, 3.25. Give me us a final score of... 3.625. Well, thank you to uh, thank you for listening to to for listening episode fifty two of Brew Bloods. Uh, I'm guessing one of the more controversial episodes we're ever going to have on the show, outside of the Prairie Bomb. Hey, it's nice. It's nice for us to have differing opinions. Yeah, for once. Uh, thanks for your support. Thanks for listening to the show. If you would do us a favor, please tell a friend. Uh, organic word of mouth. Uh, maybe kiss your friend on the mouth and then put some brew bloods in their ears. <laughs> maybe just take a transcript of the show and recite it to them verbatim over a nice rosé. You should just candle. read both parts in the same monotone. Right. Don't, uh, even, may- don't even differentiate like it's two people. Or if you want to get really freaky deaky, involve some puppets. Yes. Uh, over a nice candlelight dinner. Uh, maybe, you know, you, as you're about to make love, just recite the entire transcript of this show. We would appreciate it. Or and, if you're about to euthanize someone. Although, that doesn't help right. because they're going to die. But subscribe them ahead of time, and then it'll just be subscribed into Infinitum. Because <laughs> then they'll be dead. They can't unsubscribe. Or if you, you know, if you see a jockey who's on the side of the road that's broken 50 bones. <laughs> you just Subscribe gen- him to a podcast. Just, just, and then <laughs> Put this podcast in zero holes. Slowly put a blanket over his face. And <laughs> that'll be the final words that he ever hears. <laughs> Just tell him I'll go before out. he goes to jockey heaven. <laughs> if you would also do us a favor and go to iTunes, leave us a five-star review. That would help us quite a bit. We would appreciate it. doesn't help you, but it does help us. Check us out on all of the social networks, including Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Untapped. If you have any feedback on the show, go to subreddit, or sorry, our subreddit on reddit.com slash r slash brewbloods. You can email us at brewbloodshow at gmail.com, or you can call us 469-573-BEER. That's 469-573-2333. <laughs> Seven beer. So for Dustin, I am Mark. For Mark, I'm Dustin. Probst. Probst. <laughs>